This podcast is produced by Painted Tree Boutiques. Welcome to the Life and Style Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Lane. On this podcast, I chat with dreamers and doers about all things life, style, and everything in between. Because style is more than what's at the surface. It's self-expression, creativity, and stepping into who you are. Hello, friends. Hope you are doing so well. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am genuinely so thrilled to share with you the conversation that I had with Josie Lynn Lloyd. She is someone that I just naturally hit it off with and loved connecting with. And I really think that you're going to enjoy listening to this episode. So Josie Lynn Lloyd is a 26-year-old mom of two and wife to OBGYN resident Tyler. Growing up in the digital age, she naturally began sharing her life online and found a lack of authentic content about confidence, marriage, and new motherhood. It's her goal to create content that leaves her viewers feeling validated and less alone. She and her husband also love to share about the intensity of medical school, residency, and beyond. Again, I just loved connecting with her. I think you're going to be able to tell throughout the conversation. And we just had a great conversation about all things motherhood, style, social media. We talked about specific ways to communicate to your kids how valuable they are to you. We talked about low maintenance ways to own your own style, even if you are in the thick of new motherhood. And we hit on the importance of acknowledging that what you see of someone's life on social media isn't the real full picture. So you guys, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. And without further ado, I introduce you to Josie Lynn Lloyd. Hello, hello, Josie Lynn. How are you today? I'm so good. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for making time in your day to come be on the Life and Style podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Absolutely. I've been really looking forward to it. So before we jump into the conversation, would you mind sharing with all of our listeners who you are and what you do? For sure. I am Josie Lynn or Josie. It doesn't really matter what you call me. Um, I'm 26. I just turned 26 last week. Um, I'm married to Tyler. He is an OBGYN resident and we have two babies. We have Veda, which is my daughter. She's almost two and a half. And then my son is Venice. And he's 10 months. Um, we the cutest ever. <laughs> he is pretty cute. Um, we live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We moved here two years ago for my husband's residency program, which is four years. So we'll be here for about four years. And um, I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom with them. And um, I guess some people would say like part-time quote unquote influencer, but that's like a really cringy term, I feel like. So I don't like to use it, but I I have a lot of fun with it and it's a great outlet for me. So um, I am online a lot. <laughs> and then um, I do birth photography on the side as well, which is something I'm really passionate about. Really? So, I didn't realize yeah. that. I also, I, I, all things birth. I, I love okay. it so much. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't realize that yeah, that was like, something that we had in common. I didn't know that either. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like our whole family, you know, obviously like my husband being an OB and then me loving that. It's just, we're in, we're a birthing family for sure. (laughs) So that's amazing. That's amazing. Actually, when my daughter was two months old, which now thinking back, I'm like, how on earth, why, how (laughs) I went to doula training when my daughter was two months old and like became a doula (laughs) and I loved it so much. 
Um, I just, there, there's something so powerful and beautiful about birth, whatever kind of birth you're having. I just feel like it can be so beautiful and so powerful. And it is such an absolute honor to be a part of it in any way. Like, honestly, I agree completely. Like I'm so envious that Tyler gets to be a part of it every single day because I would kill to do that. And I always say that like, if I wanted to go back to school, I would go back to be an L and D nurse, but I would never go back to school. So that's just (laughs) my dream. But, um, yeah, it is such an honor to ever be welcomed into that space. And with COVID and everything, I haven't been able to do it because of the hospital restrictions. Now that they're kind of opening back up a little bit, um, I'm actually on call right now for a birth and I'm like, I, it's like Christmas morning is coming. Like, I'm like, when's the baby coming? I'm so excited. Yes. Like, it's been too long. So yeah, that's I'm really so excited. exciting. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Okay. So stay at home, mom, part-time influencer, birth photographer. You kind of have a lot going on. That sounds yeah. like your days are pretty full. Tell me what a typical day might look like for you. Well, I mean, I don't do a whole lot outside of like my house. Like my, obviously my main priority is my kids. So we, um, I'm not a big morning person. So I guess we just start from the top. Like I wake <laughs> up, like when they wake up, um, a couple of times a week, I really try to like get up and work out before them. I would, if I'm being honest, it's usually like twice a week is honestly, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> do what you're actually realistically going to be able to do. That, yeah, that's your just, goal. Like, <laughs> in the morning a few minutes before them and like doing a 20 minute workout like twice maybe three times a week is usually all I've got in me but um awesome most of the time I just wake up like when they start to stir and I do always try to like take a few minutes in the morning to wash my face brush my teeth you know put some clothes on make my coffee you know just like have that few minutes in the morning to myself I find is like super important so I don't feel so like scrambled if I just like rush out of bed oh my gosh Um, it's huge Yes. Even 10 minutes, like can make or break my whole morning. So that I really try to stay on top of that. But, um, in the mornings, like I really try to be super focused on the kids, like before their afternoon naps, I really don't do a whole lot other than just play and we make breakfast and, um, we have a, we're lucky to have a playroom. So honestly, I feel like I've spent all my life in the playroom. It's like where we hang out all day. Love it. Um, so we're there a lot. And then, um, I feel like by the afternoon, I usually start to have that like panic, like, oh my gosh, I, I haven't done anything productive. We just drove <laughs> the house. I have to get all together, you know, so, oh um, after lunch, I usually, that's when I start kind of like actually doing things. I start to do the laundry in the house and I do work like when they're napping. Um, and then, Luckily right now, Venice usually wakes up before Vado, which is great because I get some quality time with him um, during the day since he, and then like he goes to bed sooner than her. So then we get quality time. Oh, that works out. Yeah, it's nice. Um, It's a little difficult because then there's like never a break, but yeah. You know, but I like the positive spin you put on it though, because that allows you one on one time with each. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Being like completely honest, it's really challenging, but (laughs) the positive side of it is that I do get that like one on one time with both of them at like different parts of the day, which actually like I love. I really look forward to it now if I like think about it like that. Um, I work a little bit, and then um, a lot of times Tyler, like depending on what rotation he's on, he doesn't get home until like eight or eight thirty, but. Lately, he's been home at like six. So we just kind of like do stuff around the house until he gets home. And then we all have dinner and, you know, bath and bedtime routine with a two-year-old is like, it's a whole thing. So we have a one and a half year old. And I mean, it's becoming more and more of a thing every day. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. It's very extensive, very involved. So we do that for like a pretty big chunk of the evening. And then once the kids are down, honestly, like it's my, I can't get in bed fast enough. You know, it's just like, I don't have a lot yes. left by the end of the day. And so um, usually just hop in bed and talk and we'll do some work in bed if we need to, but we just watch Netflix and hang out. My parents do live like a mile from us. So we swim there. Oh, that's a lot. so nice. That's we so nice. It is unreal. Yes. I would never take it for granted because it's amazing. So they live close and we try to go over there like at least once or twice a week to get out of the How house. Cool. That's so yeah. great. It's so really great. my next question was, what are some of your favorite things that you do with your kiddos? It sounds like swimming is a big thing for you guys. Yes. Swimming is great. Um, obviously like if you, if anyone listening to this has little kids, you know, it's like equally as amazing as it is like the most tiring thing in the world to try to swim. Oh my goodness. Kids. Yes. I don't know if yeah. you've done the beach with kids yet. We did that I, with our I, one child. Oh my it? goodness. <laughs> Not a vacation. <laughs> it is so much work. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw that TikTok that kind of went viral. It was the, that girl being like, repeat after me. It is not a vacation. This is a memory making trip. <laughs> not a vacation or something oh like gosh. that. And that's so oh, true. That is so true. Oh yeah. man. Oh man. Yeah. yeah I, but it is a memory making thing. Those things, you know, absolutely. they take a lot of effort, but it really, there's a, there are so many things to be gained from put, doing it anyway, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's such like special time with them to be able to do something like that and make memories like that. And just, you know, have the opportunity to, to get out of the houses amazing. And, you know, having, we do have a couple of friends here in um, Tulsa that have little kids too. So we do play dates and stuff, which is really great. Um, But so I'm trying to think some of my favorite things to do with them. I mean, like with just us, like I really do love being home with them. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm so fortunate to be able to stay home with them and um, feel like the moments that I just kind of like check out of like my own, you know, to-do list or whatever I need to do and just like get on the floor and be silly with them and let them climb all over me. I noticed that like when I'm super engaged with them, they engage more with each other, if that makes mm. sense, this, with this age gap. Interesting. And so that's really fun to like see them interact with each other the most whenever we're all kind of, you know, being silly together. Yeah. And I love getting on their level. You know, that's really it's easy to just go throughout your whole day, like looking down on them and helping them with getting them what they need and changing diapers and doing all that. But like getting on the floor with them, getting on their level and playing with them. Those moments, I like never regret it. You know, you don't, it's like every time you do it, you're like, I'm like, why do I not do this more throughout the day? So that's definitely like one of my favorite things. And I feel like in those moments, it's really easy to, this is going to sound like so cheesy, but to like speak life into them and empower them when they're like so engaged with you. Like, you know, it's it's great to like look down at her and be like, I'm so proud of you. But when I'm like playing with her and I can look her in the eye and be like, I love playing with you. Like you're so fun. You're so this and all that. It's just like, I feel like it resonates more. So yeah. yeah, I I love that you brought that up because I've, I've literally just been thinking about this very recently. Um, just the whole, like actually getting down on their level whenever you need to communicate anything, like if you can crouch down, get at their eye level and then say whatever it was that you were going to say. I'm really like, we're, my babe is just now starting to become more verbal. And so words are becoming more central in our relationship. And so I'm like, okay, it's time for that. And I really want, I really want that to be a priority because I just feel like the connection is so much more real. We were, (laughs) we were watching Mr. Rogers the other day. I was down on her level and he was like, 
you're he was saying to a girl on the show you're such a special person to know and I like looked at him and I was like you're such a special person to know I was like I need to get on her level and say that every day oh my gosh I love that that's so sweet oh my goodness Mr. Rogers is that's so precious no but it is so true like and even like as it's been I mean two everyone says you know like terrible twos terrific twos whatever and it is obviously equally as amazing as it is challenging, but that is so true that like whenever I take the time to sit down or lay down or whatever, you know, level that she's on, it helps. It, it changes the whole mood of the situation, whether, you know, like if we're playing and it's great, it makes that more, it makes that situation like deeper and more intimate. And if there's conflict, it definitely helps speed things along in a more timely manner, I think. Yeah. Well, and it's yeah. like, it, it's an opportunity that we can like communicate that va- like our kids value to them in Absolutely. that we're willing to like, you know, kind of turn off everything else around us and like just completely zero in on them. I feel like there's a powerful message being sent and just our willingness to do that. Absolutely. Consistently. Like showing them that they are the most important thing in that moment to us. Um, yeah. They, they'll never be able to communicate that to them, to us, but they, know it and subconsciously like it matters to them and developmentally it's important so yeah yeah just yeah everything that you said is so true it's it's super hard to forget and it but yeah when you do it it's like oh like this matters and I need to do this more often yes yes I'm always like it's funny how many things I, I like know and have opinions about but then it's like okay now she's getting older it's time to implement them and start really doing yeah. it <laughs> And like how many, you know, like activities and things you have saved and you're like, oh, when she's this age or when he's this age, I'll do that. And then you get to that age and you're like, oh, crap, like it's time. Like I got to go find that, you know, or yes. Yes, it's, yeah, that is definitely a challenge of motherhood is like trying not to get ahead of yourself, but then wanting to be prepared. It's just, it's a balancing act for sure. Oh yeah. No doubt about that. Um, so I really love, I love the way that you show up online because it feels very, um, just real organic. And like, um, you say that you, you want to help people feel less alone by the way that you show up on the internet on Instagram. And I think that you do a really great job of that, but I want to hear in your own words, what does that mean to you? And what does that kind of look like in the way that you are present on Instagram? Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. That means a lot. Um, I don't know. I feel like I just, I make it a goal of mine. I don't, and I don't want anyone to ever look at my Instagram or my TikTok or whatever and start to like question the beauty of their I guess reality um based on like what they see of me online um sorry my (laughs) no worries (laughs) dead asleep I think he was having a dream I'm so sorry (laughs) no it's all good real life (laughs) that's really funny um I don't even I lost my train of thought I don't want anyone to question, you know, like the beauty that they have in their real life and their reality because of what they see, the slivers that they see of my life online. And I just, anytime I post something, I try to like go through like little check boxes in my head. Like, am I posting this um, to try and make myself seem better or different than I am? Or am I posting this to relate to somebody else? Because, um, Mm -hmm. I just hate that feeling when you look at someone's Instagram and you start to feel like insecure or like you just never know the full story of people's lives. And so I just don't want anyone to question or I don't want anyone to ever feel lonely or sad about 
their full story by looking at a page of mine. Yes. Yes. Um, it makes sense. I, I don't know if that like, comes no, that makes total sense. Right. And I think that's such an important conversation to have. I'm thankful that it's, it seems like it's becoming more mainstream to yeah. like really acknowledge the, the, the difference between what we perceive and reality on social media. Um, somebody said recently, like we, you know, we see somebody's life on Instagram or whatever, and we're filling in the gaps, like with, our imagination of what the rest of their life might look like. And so then by that point, we're literally comparing our wildest dreams of somebody else's life to our worst day, you know, Mm -hmm. and and it's heartbreaking to like really realize how easily that can happen. It really. And so I guess what I'm saying is I think that the intentionality that you're bringing to it just real really has a lot of power and is so important, especially right now as we're kind of in the shift of people learning about that. Um, So I, I just think it's, it's so important. Yes. I mean, it's so easy to, to I, I mean, I believe that we're all thriving in different areas and we're all struggling in different areas. So you could look at somebody who has like a, you know, really amazing closet. They've got their style on lock and that's something that you're struggling with. And so you immediately be, you know, start to compare yourself to them when in reality, like their marriage could be falling apart and you and your partner are rock solid, you know, but you don't know that. And yes. so you start to like, feel insecure about your entire life and like everything in your life when they might just be thriving in a different area than you are. And that's normal. And that's, you know, nobody's like perfect in every area. So, um, and that's, what's difficult about social media because I don't expect anybody to share real time, every hard thing that's going on in their life. Of course, that's like, that's not appropriate in a lot of circumstances and that's not realistic. Yeah. Um, so just as much as possible being, open about like, yeah, like this is like, I'm super blessed in these areas, but I'm not super blessed in these areas. Or <laughs> yes. These areas are hard or whatever, just to show that we're, you know, everybody is figuring it out and we've all got our things that are good and bad. Yes. And I, I love that you brought up that it's like, Cause I think it can easily turn into like, well, I don't want to have an unrealistic picture of my life. So I'm just going to post like everything in my life. And I'm going to, you know, really post too much about my children's like meltdowns and stuff, things that you're not going to be glad you posted later, you know? And so I think that is an important thing to be still mindful of like how you're sharing and what you're sharing and your privacy and all that stuff. You know, it's, it's like this line to walk of, you want to be authentic and real and honest while still you get to pick what you share with the world, you know, and no, you don't owe anybody any certain level of intimacy in your life, you know? And that is something that actually like Tyler and I have talked about a lot is that weird line of responsibility. Like it's not the responsibility of content creators to make sure that you don't feel insecure. Like I, I actually don't believe that it is our responsibility to, you know, cater to every viewer's need. Like that's just not possible. Um, So where's that line of like, I think, I guess that's, that's my goal is to not create like a false reality online. Yeah. Like I don't want to create anything that's going to make people think that my life is perfect in different ways. I don't want anyone to look at me and be like, well, she has the perfect this and the perfect that and the perfect this, because that's not the truth. But I don't want to, like you were saying, I don't, I'm not going to post like my kids meltdown. Cause that would be embarrassing for them. Right. So, so then like my alternative to that is just to share like today was really, really hard. Two-year-olds are really, really hard. And I'm learning. And I, you know, even the other day I was talking about 
how there was a situation with my daughter and I that I personally could have handled a lot better. I escalated the situation for sure. And I had to, you know, get down on her level and say like, mommy did not make a good choice. Like I did not handle that the best that I could have. And I'm, I'm really sorry. And, and so sharing that about me without, you know, reflecting poorly on her is something that is really important to me. Um, which has created like this amazing community of moms on Instagram. Like the moms that I talk to on Instagram, like we get deep. (laughs) Like I I feel like it. I love it. It's like, I'm always like so honored that people share with me things that they share. And um, so like Instagram seems, you know, it's just like, Oh, it's just like Instagram. It's not anything big, but I'm like, I have super, super vulnerable conversations with people on here. And um yeah, I'm honored that they open up to me and it's just, it's a really great space that I'm super thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think, I think that's so awesome. And it is true that it's like, you know, it really, yes, it's just an app and yes, there are other things in life that are also important for sure. But I do think there's so much, there is so much power in in its ability to bring people together. So I think that you, you're doing a great job and what you're doing in it is significant and holds a lot of weight for not just yourself, but other people. Um, and then the other thing that I just like, I think, yes, there is like, you know, a place for creators to be mindful of the fact that there can be a false reality presented on social media. But I also think just what hopefully is growing is awareness in viewers, just like knowing that what you're seeing isn't reality Mm -hmm. and it's not obligated to always be reality. And so I think there's, that's a big shift that just gradually hopefully is happening and will continue to happen is that viewers can like recognize that, that you really can't convey your whole life on, on the internet. Absolutely. And I, even like when, before I had my daughter, um, like breastfeeding, for example, like I didn't see as much of like the real side of breastfeeding when I was pregnant with her as I do now. And so that's just an example. It could go in to like so many different areas that are, don't even have anything to do with motherhood. But I definitely had like this romanticized version of breastfeeding in my head from what I saw online. So then when reality hit and it was like, uh, you know, so hard. <laughs> like just chaos, like so hard, like the most stressful thing I've ever done. I was like, wait, what? And I wished, and I felt so lonely because I felt like I was one of the only ones who had dealt with it. Mm. Even though I knew that wasn't true, you always know it's yeah. not true, but it's really hard to like convince yourself that it is. Yeah. Um, I, I, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. I don't know what I was, where I was going with that. But that uh, is, that's a time. That was actually my next question was like, what, what is something that with social media has made you feel alone that kind of made you realize the importance of this? And it sounds like that yeah. is a perfect example. That was a, that's a great example. I mean, there's so many things like that. I, I struggle just like everybody else to look at a picture of something and be like, okay, well, that's probably like the one corner of their house that's perfectly decorated and perfectly clean. You know, I have to, I have to go through those conversations in my mind every single day whenever I'm online, um, which I am super glad that I do feel like the viewers are being held a little bit more responsible for that because they're like taking ownership of deciphering what's real and what's not online and just recognizing like, yeah, like that's a great example. Well, they see a picture of this person's bedroom and it's perfectly decorated, but it's like, well, that's only one bedroom in their house. You don't know what's going on behind the camera, but yeah, breastfeeding for sure was a super lonely time for me. It was, I mean, it was devastating with my daughter. I, I had this like huge goal in mind and I wanted it to be this beautiful, natural, easy thing. Like I saw, 
and it, and it just wasn't. And so letting go of that was really hard. And then actually, as time went by, I was like, wait a second, <laughs> like I'm the norm actually, like yeah. there's more of us that struggle than there are that don't. And so the more that I got into that community online of breastfeeding moms that were struggling or formula moms or pumping moms or whatever, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not alone. And so that's a big thing that I try to share online. Cause I don't, I know I have a lot of moms and moms to be following me. So I want to make sure that that's not, I don't like play into that narrative of the perfect, you know, yes. And moms are just parents in general are just craving like honest conversation with a human about these things. Like, cause you can go to Google and search for things about breastfeeding and whatever. It's not going to answer like your personal questions the way that humans can. And so it's really, it's just so valuable to have actual human beings that you can just discuss the ins and outs that come with being a mother, being a parent. And I don't know. I just think there's so, there is so much value there. I've also gotten into Facebook groups recently for the same reason. I'm like, yes. if I have a question, I need a human being who can answer me. <laughs> in like 10 minutes. I mean, these yes. are crazy. They right. Like, and I mean, in a good way, like they will literally yes. stop everything they're doing to comment a whole paragraph on how to help you with what you need. Yes. I it's, know it's the yeah. best thing. Like, where have I been my whole life? <laughs> yes. I'm in a potty training one. And when we were potty training, I, it was like, I didn't even have to ask questions on there because I would just scroll. And there was, my question was on there. It was like an FAQ, an endless FAQ page. And it's amazing. Yeah, it really is great. That's hilarious that you said that. Cause I, yes. I oh my those. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, that's one of the main, like I'm not on Facebook all that often. I kind of use it for photo storage, honestly, yes. like yeah. just organizing photos into albums, yeah. but like Facebook groups, that's, that's why I'm still there. <laughs> yeah. they much, for sure. In so many different ways. And there's one for every niche of every, I don't know, every anything time. you can imagine. Yes. Yeah. But then Instagram, like what you're doing on Instagram, connecting with other moms, that is an example of that as well. And so it's not only you connecting with all these people, but they're also getting to connect with each other. And there's just, you know, the butterfly effect of that, like you don't even get to like, you have no idea what all that leads to, but it's yeah. so valuable and so helpful. I love the questions on stories, whenever yeah. the, like question box that you, that people submit and then you can share them like, and you just, I just scroll through like when people post the responses and I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's like 15 people in that that say the same thing that I would have said. Like that is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so awesome. Um, so this kind of leads me into my next question of for people who have friends who are new mothers or just mothers of young children, what are some practical tips that you would give on how to best support those mothers? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, Okay. I don't want to come across like rude whenever I say this, (laughs) but I think just keeping in mind how you can be the most helpful without being invasive in a way, because I think there's this, um, and I haven't necessarily personally experienced this. So this is not me like subtweeting anyone in my life, (laughs) but (laughs) I just need to disclaim that. Um, there is this, like, I feel like you hear like, Oh, go fold their laundry, but it's like, but then you're in their house for three hours. Yeah. That is true. That is the truth. It's like, that's more stressful than having to fold a load of laundry that I could fold in 20 minutes, you know? Yes. Um, So I think just keeping that in mind, you know, dropping coffee off on the couch, you know, or on the porch, on the couch. (laughs) You can try to do it on the couch. Just be careful. That'd be great. Um, (laughs) Um, Things like that. Just keeping in mind, like to respect their space and respect their time, but also um, making their life easier in any any possible way, any capacity that you can make their day easier. Um, 
um, that's, that's the goal, honestly. Um, yeah. And this is all like, even on a grander scale postpartum, I feel like, like this applies to motherhood in general or just anyone raising children, but I feel like postpartum, oh my goodness, these tips are like even more yeah. relevant. Um, so yeah, yeah my favorite do postpartum is, you know, everybody, there's like the traditional, like bring dinner over, but like, you need to, we need to change that. It's Postmates. Like you, you give yes. them a Postmates gift card. You know what? what yes. They that they, is what they don't they need. need. Yes. <laughs> they don't need a casserole. And then you stay for three hours and hold the baby to, because oh they're going to have to tell yes. you the birth story. Time. <laughs> like it's so sweet, but yes. it's like, if you, and it's like, if you want to come meet the baby and connect with the parents, do that. If you're trying to quote, help them, send a Postmates gift card <laughs> because yes. that's what they need. They need to sit in bed and eat tacos that got delivered to their porch. And so yes. um, I think that is really important. Um, and then just at least for moms, like it's easy to ask the questions like, how was your birth? How's, you know, the, how are you feeling? How's feeding going and things like that. But a lot of times we don't get asked like, um, what are you feeling? Like, are you feeling successful? Are you feeling not successful? Are you feeling supported? Like, um, how do you feel different than you did before you had kids? You know, what, where's your mind at when you go to sleep? Like those kind of questions versus just like, well, how's it going? Because no one's going to tell you, like, if they say, how's it going? Everybody's just going to be like, it's going good. You know? Yeah. Um, I think just like really specific questions on how moms are doing, I love that question. Like, where's your brain at when the, when you lay in bed and it won't shut off? Like, what are you thinking about? Yes. Um, because that's whenever I've struggled the most is like when I'm laying in bed and everybody's asleep and I can't sleep, those have been like my darkest moments. So if somebody were to ask me like, what are you thinking when the lights are off? Like that would have, I probably would have just bawled, <laughs> you know, yeah. somebody asked me that as a new mom. So, um, that's all. That's another one that I could think of, but Just the value of asking intentional questions, which that's something I've been learning as a podcast host, like how cool it is to really be able to ask questions that I've like thought through. Um, It really is a game changer. (laughs) You what? Your questions are great, by the way. Oh, thank you. (laughs) But like, it's funny because going through the process of like, like prepping for a podcast and thinking about what I want to talk to somebody about has really made me realize like I can bring this into just my everyday life you know, obviously it's going to look different and less prepared, but like just the value of asking somebody a question that is more direct, less just like broad and really makes them feel that much more seen and cared for. Yeah. I don't know. I just think, I know that I appreciate when someone in my life is a really good listener and question asker. And I want to, I want to be that myself for the people in my life. Yeah, definitely. That was like something that I was really grateful that my parents taught us where, you know, it's really easy to teach your kids, like, be a good listener, be a good listener. But they, they were actually really great about telling us, like, ask questions. You need to ask people questions and ask intentional questions, um, which is a lot easier said than done. Yes. But um, I love that, like, change in verbiage of, like, be a good listener, like, ask good questions and then listen to the answers and ask follow-up questions. And um, it just makes people feel so seen and so valued whenever um, – people ask about them and how they're doing and actually listen. And it it's important. Way to go to your parents for teaching you that from a young age. Cause I feel like that's kind of like ahead of the curve of them. I, I, I don't feel like people have really been talking about that for very long. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> my mom, yeah, my mom, um, that is a gift that she definitely has. She's great at asking questions and she's a great listener. And I 
look up to her so much in that regard. So I agree. She was definitely ahead of the curve in that way. (laughs) I love it. I love that so much. So another thing that I just want to chat about that I think is so interesting is the way that we just inevitably transform as our life goes through all these different phases and changes. So rewind a little bit and thinking back to when you got married, how, what have you learned about yourself since getting married? Oh gosh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I can, (laughs) I don't know. That's funny. I I was just going to say, I can be like really not very nice. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That is something that you have to confront in marriage. Oh my goodness. Annoyingly often. Yeah. You know that, um, cheesy saying that like marriage, I think they say it about motherhood too, is a mirror. Yes. Um, it's just like, so true. It is so true. So, um, Kali, what, what have I learned about myself? I think a big thing that Tyler taught me. So he's very, very logical, factual bait or fact-based, you know, I'm the feeler, emotional, wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, I'm easily, I wouldn't necessarily say like easily offended as in like, I'm actually kind of thick skinned. Like if someone were to like talk negatively about me that I didn't know, like it wouldn't affect me. But as far as like in my close relationships, I would say I am easily offended. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just learning like that I need to like fact check myself or like not believe everything that I think, because a lot of the time my feelings aren't factual. And so I might be feeling like, like he's doing this or this or this, Um, but that's not actually what's happening. And so, um, Oh, that's such a big one. Have you read the four agreements, the book, the four agreements? Oh, should I? Oh my gosh. So I'm actually not done with it, but I highly recommend it. I read it because multiple podcast guests have recommended it to me. Okay. He basically talks about like four life-changing agreements that can change your life. And one of them is to stop making assumptions and it like, Oh oh, man. So that is our, that's one of our, I don't know if everybody does this, but we have like little like, uh, mottos in our marriage. And one of them is believe the best. And that is like, Mm -hmm. um, something that I think comes from me and like my bad habits of not believing the best. I do kind of like assume that he's going to hurt me or like, I'm assuming that how he's speaking to me is a personal towards me or whatever. When in reality, we're just very different and we come from very different perspectives and backgrounds. And so that is kind of similar. He's always like, believe the best. It's like that I need to be better about that. So that is a big thing I learned. Yeah. Yeah. Like not, not assuming things or assuming things can be the root of so many different kinds of problems. Like if you really think about it, that can be the start of a wealth of problems. And so by by kind of getting to the root of it of like, this came from me thinking that this was the reality. Yeah. Have you, know, you heard we, that thing like the assuming makes an ASS out of me? <laughs> yes, yes. We always say that because that is just so true in marriage. It's like, it doesn't do anybody any favors. It just makes you look dumb and makes me look dumb. <laughs> and it just makes you anxious all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, unnecessary, so much unnecessary anxiety has caused from, has been caused by assuming. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you were saying that was kind of, that's kind of been a big thing that you've learned through marriage or since, since you've gotten married is about kind of how easy it is to assume things and the importance yeah. of not. And I definitely need to not believe everything that I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. That's a, yeah. that's a big one. Just don't believe everything that you think. Yeah. Um, I love that. The Life and Style podcast is produced by Painted Tree Boutiques. With locations across the country, Painted Tree is home to hundreds of local shops, all under one roof. 
painted tree vendors specialize in gifts, decor, fashion, and so much more. For shoppers, it's truly a one-stop gift shop, an experience like no other. And you can feel great about your purchase, knowing that you're supporting a small business. For vendors, owning a shop at Painted Tree is an unbelievable opportunity for growth. Owning your own business is so rewarding, but the cost of opening a brick and mortar store can be staggering when you take it on by yourself. Did you know the average cost of opening a retail store is $100,000? The reason Painted Tree was created was to give people with a dream a fighting chance at succeeding. We are passionate about giving dreamers like you the opportunity to do so without the buckling financial risk that comes with it. In this community, we share costs, resources, and wins. To learn more about how you can open a shop inside Painted Tree, visit paintedtree.com vendors. So I love that. And then now talk to me about things that you've learned about yourself since becoming a mother. Since becoming a mom. Um, I mean, obviously everybody's like patience because that is so true. It, I mean, it's without a doubt true. I think another thing that I've learned about myself that I would have, I never would have described myself as like a resilient person before, you know, I haven't, mm-hmm. I've blessed to have not been through, um, a lot of like traumatic events and things like that, that would have like characterized me as, as re- resilient. But I think looking back at motherhood is cool because, and you can relate to this. It's like, like when I was pregnant, I was, I had just graduated college. I was serving tables. And so I had a lot of like downtime and I would sleep like 15 hours at night and then nap when I got home, you know, yes. and I was so paranoid or, or like panicked about how am I going to be up every couple of hours. How am I going to function? Like, I don't mm. know that I was so, so scared about like the sleep deprivation Yeah. and then you are in it and you just do it. And then they start sleeping through the night and you're like, wait, I just was up every two hours for like four months straight. And I just did it. And it's like, that. it's like that with every big milestone. Even when I was pregnant with my second, it was like, we're in such a routine. We're in such a groove with one, like, how am I going to bathe two of them? How am I going to feed two of them? How am I going to get out of the house by myself with two of them? And then you just do it. You just adapt and you figure it out and it's trial and error. And so every single challenge you look back and that's one of my favorite pieces of, I know this is like a bunny trail. This is one of my favorite pieces of advice to give to new moms is that every single um, like hardship that you're going through, it will end. And you'll look back and all of a sudden you'll be like, they don't do that anymore. You know, it's like, yeah, babies are super gassy. It feels like the end of the world because they won't stop crying. They're in pain. You don't know what to do. You can't fix it. And it seems like it's going to last forever. And then like, all of a sudden you're like, oh wait, like it's they don't do that it has been a while yeah. since that happened. Yeah. yeah. It's like my daughter threw food off her high chair for like a year and a half straight. <laughs> and I thought I was going to like lose my mind. Like, and this now is my like, life now. <laughs> and now it's like, she just doesn't do it anymore. And it, so that is like a really cool part of motherhood to look back and be like, I did that. Yeah. Like, heck yeah. Like we overcame that challenge. Like we did that. And yeah. so, yeah, just like I'm, um, I trust myself more with challenges now because I've overcome, overcome things that I was scared to overcome. And so, um, yeah, I guess that's something that I've learned to just like trust myself more in that, I'm more resilient than I think I am or that I give myself. And even though you really can't know what's, what's coming or what it's going to be like, just trusting that you're going to be able to handle it 
when it comes, you know, I think that's another thing that I've learned through this whole pandemic time. Like none of us saw this coming. Mm -hmm. None of us had any clue how much it was going to rock our worlds. Yeah. To say the least, but like, you know, we, uh, we have adapted in whatever way, like our culture has and you know, it's looked different for different people. So I want to like hold a lot of space there. Um, It hasn't been like a win for so many people, but I think it has taught that like we, we can adapt in when situations come that are just totally unexpected, like we can adapt. And that's a huge lesson that has parallels in so many areas of life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a really cool feeling to look back and, and be able to be proud of yourself and know like, Oh, I didn't do that perfectly. Or yeah, maybe I'd go back and like do some things differently or whatever. But at the same time, like I came out on the other side and um, I learned from it. And is that what they always say? Like a mistake is only a mistake if you don't learn from it. And Mm, so, yeah. um, Yeah. So that, that's what I would say about that. That's awesome. Those are those things that you just mentioned with marriage and with becoming a mom, like those are huge lessons that you know, it's, it's interesting how it takes, like a lot of times it does take a huge life transition to then teach you this lesson that is, you're going to benefit from for the rest of your life, you know? Um, and I just think that's interesting and it doesn't have to take motherhood or getting married necessarily to learn those things, but I just think it's interesting. Um, I don't know, just the importance of those lessons. And I think it's cool that, um, you've been able to learn those through motherhood and through becoming a wife. So definitely, I agree. Like you don't have to necessarily have, you know, you don't have to get married or have kids to like learn big things like that. But it would be a real shame if you went through both of those things and didn't learn big lessons. And yes. so, um, yeah, it's really, it's really important to me to like reflect. And I'm actually like not great at reflecting. Like I'm, it's easier for me to just like carry on my merry way. Um, but whenever <laughs> I think about it, I reflect on um, what I'm learning. It. I do think like, oh, wow, like there is a lot of value in these life circumstances and a lot of value in these life changes. And um, it helps it. It helps me whenever things get tough again to remind yes. myself like there's beauty in this. The outcome will be worth it and you'll be closer to who you want to be at the end of it or whatever. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, okay so beautiful and powerful all that was just said. And I just need to acknowledge that. Um, so on a, on a lighter note, I really love, I love your style. I think you have such fabulous style. Talk to me about how you would describe your style. Okay. That's actually, it's really funny when people say that to me because I've never seen that as like a strength of mine. And, <laughs> and I feel like after, so my pregnancies were in two different seasons. Like I was pregnant through the winter with my daughter and I was pregnant through the summer with my son. So I didn't buy clothes for like three years. I feel like other than like a few things here and there to get me by, but I didn't, I didn't put any effort into like my style or anything like that for like the past several years. I'm just (laughs) in my groove and like figuring it out, trying new things. So that's a really like difficult question. I don't think that I've (laughs) nailed anything down, but I definitely like lean more towards like minimal as I'm wearing like a rainbow shirt. (laughs) (laughs) But it's got kind of a minimal uh, silhouette going on. Yes. Yeah. Definitely like lean more towards minimal. I definitely lean more towards um, feminine, I guess I would say. Um, But not feminine in the way of like um, kind of what is trending necessarily. I like more like timeless feminine pieces. Mm. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely like 
figuring it out as I go and like trying new things. Like I've never worn anything like this shirt that I'm wearing. Like, oh, never. I'm loving so, it. I'm loving yeah, it. Thank you. I actually am kind of feeling it, but I'm definitely in a season of like trying new things and seeing what works and um, just seeing what I feel good in. So and that's a fun time to be in, you know, I love it. picked it before. So that's, yeah, I think it's great. And, and yeah, I, that was actually something that I chatted about um, with our guest Jordan on the podcast. And she was just talking about the importance of letting, giving yourself room to change and grow your style as you change and grow as a human being. It's natural and it makes sense and just let it be. I think for some reason, it's probably Instagram and social media makes it feel like we just need to have this cohesive style where everything goes with everything and everything kind of has a color scheme and, you know, that's fun and great, but it's also just, fun and great to be inspired when you see a piece that you wouldn't not, not normally wear and Ooh, just wear absolutely. it anyway, you know? Yeah. So my husband is very consistent with his style. He knows what he likes. He doesn't buy it if it's not exactly what he likes or that he knows he'll wear for years and years. And I have so much respect for that because you, he's so consistent mm. and you know, like he just knows who he is. He's so confident in it. But I have been like stressed out by that at times feeling like I need to like mimic that. But then I'll be like in a store and be like, well, I kind of like that like random thing over there, but I can't (laughs) because it's not what I would normally wear. And so I definitely like, I just sold like a ton of clothes and I was like, I'm selling all of these and I'm buying what I want to buy. Like I buy it. If I think it's cute, I'm just going to get it and try it. And um, I mean, obviously within reason, but (laughs) I'm definitely giving myself grace in this season to just try random things and see what sticks. So it's, it's kind of been freeing and fun. I, I it's really so fun. Yeah. Yes. And, and we have a couple versions of our podcast intro, but we always talk about how style is more than what you see. It's self-expression, creativity, and stepping into who you are. And I'm just like, I, I have to remind myself of that, of the value of like, of being creative on a regular basis. And that, yeah. that totally applies to style. Absolutely. And I definitely have not been using like clothing or, you know, at my outward appearance in general as an outlet the past few years. I mean, it's really hard when you're pregnant. And, oh, yeah. And all that it was not a priority, like, at all. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's been really fun to use it as a way of self, a way of self-expression because that's something that I have suppressed for a while. So, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. But I don't have, like, I don't think I've nailed it down yet. So maybe come, we'll circle back and, we'll like, do a follow-up. You are, yeah. <laughs> Yes. It is funny, like finding, kind of finding your style as like a mom, like for me, it's like, okay, I've become a mom and been through a pandemic. So what even, what even is all I have is loungewear. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I do think that a lot of moms can just feel overwhelmed and intimidated to take on any kind of style, um, ownership in the thick of like young children, motherhood, Mm -hmm. um, which honestly, I feel like that's okay. And sometimes it's okay for there to just not be room for that in your priorities. Um, but for someone who like wants to do that, (laughs) excuse my coughing, um, what would you say are some easy ways to kind of incorporate your personal style into your day to day when you just don't have a lot of time to make it a a big production? Okay. I actually love this question. And somebody just asked me this recently. So I have like, I have an answer queued up. Oh, um, awesome! So we call, I mean, it's kind of like a Spice Girls reference, but in our house, like, you know, like active wear, I guess that's what yes. we, we call it. Sporty Spice. That's what we call it. <laughs> sporty so, Spice. I love it. Spice, Yeah. So we've always like Tyler and I have said that since I guess we were like early married, if we get an outfit, that's like, um, 
active wear would be like, oh, Sporty Spice today, you know? I but love that. I found it as like a really, really great like uh, <laughs> gateway or like segue to like everyday style. Like I started um, trying to get like cuter active wear or like, mm. you know, get like cute shoes to wear with your leggings and, you know, maybe move away from leggings and a t-shirt and move to like leggings and a active wear shirt, you know, and then like get cute shoes with it and then add, maybe if you feel comfortable, start adding some jewelry with it and start like doing your hair with it. And just kind of like building up that really, really practical wardrobe that's like mom but also it's like oh well I'm wearing like these really cute earrings or this really cute shoes with my leggings and workout top today and so now I feel more confident to maybe try to like throw some jeans on because instead of like all of a sudden being like oh crap like I've got to go to Walmart let me put out put a cute outfit together. Like I would never do that. (laughs) No that I don't like no way I would never put that much effort in (laughs) Yes. But it's a lot easier to be like, okay, well, I have the, and there's so many like Lululemon and like Athletica dupes. Athletica? Athleta? Athleta, I think. Athleta. I don't know what I just said, but you know. <laughs> I don't know. I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, there's so many like more affordable options now to where you can like really build up that like what we call Sporty Spice wardrobe. Sporty Spice. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that was super helpful to me because I would be like, I feel so cute today. I'm wearing leggings and a workout top, but I'm wearing earrings. I did my hair. I've got cute shoes on, you know? Yes. I feel like that was how I kind of like this past nine, I really, really just started kind of getting back into like style stuff, maybe in the last like six weeks. So up until you know the last nine months, I've just been rocking the sporty spice. So that's what- I love it. And that's, that's like, what's great. It's like- it's like you don't have to change the entire genre of what you're wearing. If you're wearing comfy clothes because you don't have much time, keep wearing comfy clothes, but you can make them comfy clothes that you love. For sure. For sure. And that has been really, really helpful to me. And it's like a boost of confidence, you know, like going from that leggings and t-shirt, which there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. Um, to where, I don't know, just like putting in a teensy bit more effort to like that same, like you said, genre of style. It makes you feel like a whole new person and yeah. um, so I love doing that and I I mean I, that's what I wear on a like six out of seven days a week so um, there's also the bonus of like okay I'm ready to work out so maybe I'm more likely to yeah and it's, it's <laughs> like man there's no excuse so that's really unfortunate as well but um but yeah so it definitely is um multifaceted which is nice yes yes um okay and this kind of leads me to how does style add value to your life? Like why does style matter to you? I feel like at least for me in seasons that I've been the most insecure, I'm just like the most unhealthy version of myself, which leads into every aspect of my life. Like if I'm feeling not like myself or um, if I'm at a low point, you know, I'm not going to be my best the best wife, the best mom, the best daughter, the best sister that I can be um, because I'm just bogged down by insecurity at the root. And so I think just, um, it's not even just like, oh, what does style add to your life? It's, it really is like, what does self-care add to your life? You know, like if that's something that you value, like if style is something that you value, you're going to have to put effort into it, which means that you're putting effort into yourself, which is a type of self-care, which just means you're taking care of yourself. 
which I think bleeds into every relationship. So at least for me, it's not just about like, oh, what a style add to your life. It's like, what is that effort towards something that you love and that makes you feel like yourself add to your life, which at least for me, it's just, I'm just better. I'm just a better human. I'm just a nicer, um, more agreeable human whenever I feel like myself. And so, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's that makes total sense. the clothes or the earrings or the makeup or whatever. It's just about the care to, towards something that you like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, like that, you're communicating your value to yourself and to others, but you're also giving other people permission to do the same thing. And so it seems like a, you know, surface level thing, but really there are deep messages that are ingrained in in the choice to take care of yourself and express yourself creatively. Yes. And this is kind of off topic, but I think that it's really great to surround yourself with people that you don't have to apologize for that. Mm. Or like I I'm really lucky to have friends that if I were to show up in a head to toe get up that I perfectly curated the night before, like I would get an applause versus like, <laughs> she's better than us, you know, like, right. That is so important to have people in your corner that are going to be like, yes, like yes, that girl, yes. girl. It's like, you want to be able to go over in your sweats and what, and like not be oh, feeling great. But then you also want to be able to like be cheered on whenever you really absolutely. do put forth effort. <laughs> so if, you have, if you're listening and you don't have that in your life, try to find that because um, that is something that I don't ever want to take for granted is that the people in my life definitely are like my biggest cheerleaders. So that is amazing. And it's really fun to have people that are like, you know, encouraging you in that way. Yeah. Seek out those people. It is so worth it. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Question. How do you yeah. balance posting the content that you do and boundaries with technology. I feel like that is an ongoing conversation. It's a real challenge for so Mm -hmm. many people just Mm -hmm. in real life, maintaining, you know, this like healthy, balanced wellness oriented life while still being present in some way on social media. What does that look like for you? Yeah, I actually could be so much better at this. If I'm being honest, like, I don't think I'm the best person to ask. Um, I feel like I've seen a lot of people post, talking about that they're taking like the weekend or like Sundays off of social media, which I've very, I've been really considering because I think that I could use that um, like self-discipline in a way. I'm just being like, no, like you're not getting on there even when you're bored today. Um, So like time-wise, my boundaries could definitely be stronger, but kind of like what we were talking about earlier with boundaries, like I'm not going to post something that anything that my kids would be embarrassed to see in the future, mm. you know, yeah. like I don't ever want to, I just want to be really respectful t- towards them because even though they're just babies now, like they're going to be adults and like, yeah, even though it's, you know, I don't have a huge following, but it's like, okay, well there's 10,000 people that are going to be seeing this like video of you. So yeah. that's not a I small number, you know, yeah, 50, 50 people it. is a lot of people right. to see oh my a gosh, personal video, people. you know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> and especially like millennials like us growing up it's like well nobody saw our home videos except our parents so it is we don't know what that would feel like and I just always want to be cautious of that um so that's a boundary that I have that's like you know not as much about time same with my marriage like I just don't want um I want to share our hardships and I have in the past but I also want to be respectful of like our privacy as a couple um so that's important yeah I'm trying to like other boundaries. Um, I definitely do need to like work on my 
like time management <laughs> with social mm. media. It's so easy just to hop on and scroll whenever you just want something mindless to do. And I'm, I'm pretty yeah. bad about that. It's not a challenge. Actually. It really is. I mean, there's just, there are scientific reasons for it. So, you know, you're yeah. not alone. It is, oh, yeah. it's an addicting thing. So it takes a lot of intentionality to like fight that. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you've heard of Cal Newport. He's an author and uh, did a TED talk and he's, he, he inspires me so much. Yeah. I first found his um, TED talk that was called quit or why I quit social media or I quit social media or something. Okay. Um, that's how I found him, but he's since written a book called like digital minimalism and one called okay. deep work. And he just talks, he gives so many like practical tips for um, kind of implementing boundaries that are really helpful in your given situation. So um, I don't know. It just really is interesting. Like he talks about um, one thing that just, I always am mindful of and thinking about now um, is that every time we check our phone, it takes like time to get back into whatever we were doing before like five minutes is what he says. It takes like five minutes to become reoriented. And so he's like, and he calls that attention residue. And so he's like, most people, because of how often they check their phone, live their whole day in some form of attention residue. And that like rocked my world realizing that. Yeah. It's just crazy. So, I mean, I'm far from perfect with it as well. And I think so many people are, it's one thing to like know it. And then it's another thing to do it, Mm -hmm. but it's just so, yeah, it's a conversation again that's important to have because I think it really is such a challenge, and we don't know the long term like effects of being on well, social media as often very, as we are. I know, yeah, and I really try. Like, I think one of my biggest fears with social media, or not just social media, but like our phones in general, is like with our kids. Like, we don't know. You know, we might have parents that were like workaholics or this that we like felt like their attention was away from us. But I mean, we don't know what it's like for our parents to have some sort of like distraction from Mm. us and it's so easy and I just I really I guess that's a boundary that I have I try to like leave my phone in the other room as much Mm. as I can that's great I hate that feeling where I realize like oh my gosh Veda has had to interrupt me or like Veda has had to like grab my attention from my phone like five times this Mm. in the last hour yeah that is the like worst feeling when I catch myself doing that so realizing like I want to be able for her to be like, mom, and me be like, yes, like I'm here versus like, yes, uh huh, you know, like, <laughs> yes, mid, you know, scroll. Yes. So, um, but it's, I mean, we're addicted to our phone. So, like, if they're not in the room, at least for me, that's really helpful for me. Yeah. So yeah. I try to like, leave it, especially like I was saying, like, we're in the playroom a lot in the mornings. And so I really try to just like leave my phone in the kitchen. And um, that's helpful. I'm not perfect at it, awesome. but that is, yeah. Progress over perfection. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Definitely like if it, you know, one notification and I open it up and then the next thing I know it's been 15 minutes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I I do think like we can so easily get like discouraged because of how far we have to go or whatever, but it's like progress over perfection because we're not going to achieve perfection regardless. So we might as well aim to just be gradually improving, you know? So that's so true. That's so true. I love it. Um, okay. So you kind of already mentioned this kind of at the beginning of the episode, but what are some of, some of the daily rituals that have the biggest impact on your mental health? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. The mornings for sure. Um, I actually was talking to my best friend about this recently because I used to work out more like at night and just cause like, that's when it made the most sense for me. And like I said, I'm not a huge morning person. And like my son didn't sleep through the night for like 
until more recently. So for me to think about like getting up in the morning, it was just like, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and so I was working out more at night, but you always hear people say like getting active in the morning, like affects your whole day. And so I committed, I did it every day for a week and I, and I called Mm -hmm. her and I was like, dang it. It worked. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. (laughs) I hate to admit it, but I do. Um, and so, yeah, I think like, like I was saying right now, it's like two to three times a week, but I would love to like, like get that number up and get a better routine. But even just in the morning, like those few minutes by myself, um, are huge. And then like, I actually have, this is probably like TMI, but (laughs) moms, like, um, I've started like actually trying to like close the door and lock it when I'm going to the bathroom, because you know, when they're little, like they're just all over you. And it makes me, it just just does something to me whenever I can't even like go to the bathroom by myself. (laughs) Um, And my son is finally like, he's a little bit older, you know, he's crawling. He, he can handle himself for two minutes. Yes. So, um, and I'm like right there, like I can hear it. Like I know wrong, but now that he is like a little bit older, I'm not afraid of him like falling over, just sitting there. Um, I've been trying trying to like and it's my kids are not happy about it they do not like it and they usually <laughs> they're not about it we sit at the door screaming because because they're not used to it but I have found that like I would rather be in there by myself for a couple minutes and listen to them be upset about it for a few months until they adjust mm. than like have that um I just get touched out really easily so that is like something that that's not even like that's not really what you ask like a ritual. I think that is a beautiful ritual. <laughs> yeah, but like just setting that boundary of like mom's gonna go to the bathroom by herself and yes. she that's just gotta be okay. So I've recently started doing that and um, like I said, they're not really happy about it, but they'll learn. I know yeah, they'll yeah, learn. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that that um, I think that when they get older, like that will they'll realize like the positive effects of that. Absolutely. Um, to think of other things I do love to um like my husband would say that it's every night but I would I would say it's more like every other night or so like once the kids go to bed I almost don't even talk to him I just kind of get uh, like a drink or something and I'll go outside on to my porch and I'll just sit there and I actually love to mindlessly scroll then because it's kind of guilt-free yeah um, just by myself outside before mm. I come back in and I go into like wife mode. Um, I love that. I really, yeah, I really, really need, and I've never actually, I'm an extrovert, um, like personality wise, I'm pretty like textbook extrovert, but, um, I, the more I, the deeper I get into motherhood and the older that I get, I recognize my need for that alone time. And that is definitely the biggest challenge of being a stay at home mom is that it's just nonstop. Like you're yeah. never by yourself, Ugh. never yeah. interacting with other adults, like hardly ever. And, um, there's just not a disconnect between home and work. It's just all blended together. Mm. It's really challenging. So yeah, outside and just sitting there and guilt-free, like just chilling. Is, Having um, some introvert time. Yeah. Yes. It's super, super important for me. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a really, really big deal to like carve out that time. Cause yeah, literally all day long, morning to night, you are not alone. And yeah. you know, obviously there's so many positives about it, but 
I mean, I'm an introvert, so I have always really needed, really known that I needed that time. But I do think everybody to some degree needs, just really needs yeah. that and can benefit from it. Yeah, definitely. And it, like I said, the deeper that I get into motherhood, I'm realizing that, um, like I'm better, I'm a better wife if I take 30 to 45 minutes by myself and then have more intentional time with you at night, even if it's technically less time, it's more intentional than if I don't take that, I tend to be more checked out. Absolutely. For a longer percent, which is like, it's not necessarily better. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, get really sad when it starts to get cold. Cause I'm like, I <laughs> know, honestly, for me, it's the summertime. It's so hard because I just love to, I love to sit on the porch. I love to take walks and it just is miserable to do that when it is so hot outside. It's <laughs> awful. It is awful. Our neighborhood doesn't, it's in like newer additions. So we don't have any trees and people are like, Oh, do you like, like go on walks and walks? I feel like moms with little kids typically like go on a lot of walks. I'm like, no, not really. Like, I <laughs> Like it's way yes. too for that. Yeah. It's just not <laughs> fun when you are melting. Yeah. Nope, not at all. <laughs> um, okay. So if you could go back and give some key pieces of advice to your younger self, maybe like your 15 year old self, what would they be? Hmm. Key pieces of advice. Um, when I was 15, I, well, I've, I like my whole life. I always wanted to be older. Like I was one of those mm. seven year olds that like, just couldn't wait to be 12. And when I was 15, I just couldn't wait to be 19 and I, and, and so on. Um, and I don't necessarily have a lot of regret for that. Like I wouldn't ever want to go back to being 15. Right. You know, I, I don't have any, I don't <laughs> like, it's not like, I wish I would have just yes. up because it's like, well, it kind of sucked. Like honestly, yeah. it kind of did. So, yeah. um, but I think I would tell myself like, um, time is your friend. Like I always just saw it as like my biggest enemy, like the days just move so slowly and I just couldn't get to the next thing. But as I look back, I'm like, time has done me a lot of favors and a lot of good. Yeah. And so um, to just not see it as like, as such an enemy and just, um, you know, take every day as it is and know that like, you can't change today. You can't necessarily change where you are tomorrow, but like everything's going to look different in a year, you know, like everything's going to look different a year after that. And time is your friend and just be patient, I guess, I think is what I would say. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. I don't know. Be nicer to your mom. Oh, <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> I definitely like her and I are um, like best friends now. But when I was in high school, I um, had a lack of respect. For sure. mm. so I would definitely say like, just chill out. yes yes oh I love those um okay so what would you say makes you feel like the best version of yourself a full night's sleep (laughs) amen to that big amen I I really really struggle when I'm not getting good sleep so um yeah definitely full night's sleep um I would say just having a good balance of time away from my kids and time with my kids. Like I'm never going to have an equal balance. Like as a stay at home mom, that's not a thing. Um, but I need to like, whenever I'm making it a priority to like plan time away from my kids, um, I'm just better, more well-rounded mom, because it's almost like if I don't have that quote light at the end of the tunnel, which sounds really negative, I'm not, 
I just no, don't know it, way to say that. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, if I don't have that to look forward to, I guess maybe that's the, the yeah. way it. If I don't have some time away or time to myself to look forward to, um, it just it's kind of like this never ending doom of being trapped at changing diapers. So yes. um that can affect my mental state during the day. Mm-hmm. But if I have, if I know like, Oh, a break is coming. Like I get to do this or I get to do that. Um, I can be more present. So that is really important to just like stay on top of planning. Um, and okay. I just have to say that's a big one in life as a human to, to have things that you're working towards or looking forward to moving yes. towards. And I love that you said it makes, it helps you be more present because you know, you're on your way to this. This is coming. So I can yeah. fully be here. So I think that's a yeah. beautiful picture in motherhood that you just painted of how that works. But I think that also can apply just in life, how important it is Absolutely. to have things that you're looking forward to. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And that is the great thing about having your second kid is like, you know, that it's coming because like in those first like newborn months, months, it seems like it's going to last forever. Yes. And you realize like, oh, that was like five weeks. Yes. You know? And then it's like when they're starting to walk and like, I feel like that's a really challenging time when they just walk, but they can't really walk. It's like really challenging. So you think like, it's going to be like this forever, but then they're like running around and you're like, yeah. So that's great about having two kids is like any challenge. I, I can wrap like a time frame around it. Um, That makes sense. But just, yeah, like you said, applying that to like every type of lifestyle is like always having something that you can look forward to definitely helps me. And I, I'm not always the best at like planning ahead. So I think that when I do plan ahead and I do put a lot of like time and value into time away, um, I'm just the best version of myself for sure. Knowing that I'm going to have a well-rounded week, I guess. Mm, I think that's so good. And I do think, yeah, that's something I've been learning about recently is, is the importance of being present and like kind of learning about different ways to help that happen in my life. And I think, yeah, that's just a big one. There are a lot of different ways, but I think Mm -hmm. I've just been learning like the common thread and how I feel in my day and in my week is like, how present am I? How present have I been? And so, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's like stopping to focus on my breath for a little bit, or, you know, just making sure that I'm not distracted in the moment or having something that I'm looking forward to. There's so many different things that can really help contribute to allowing yourself to really be present. And I think that is so, it's just so, I don't know. I feel like that's like my epiphany of the year is realizing that that's the common thread is being present. Like that makes such a difference. Yeah. And even in our marriage, like, like we check out the most whenever nothing's changing, like when Mm -hmm. everything's the same, there's not, you know, it's like when there's not quote date night to look forward to, or there's, you know, excitement in your marriage, that's when you check out because it's always the same and it's the same with motherhood it's the same with life if you're in your job or whatever you know that is when at least for me that's when I check out the most is when there's not like a change of pace um so yeah like you said it can be applied to everything just like being in tune with like when you're checking out and why you're checking out um and then being proactive about like doing something about it um so good it's a game changer for sure. Oh, so good. Okay. So I have to know what are some of your favorite social media accounts to follow or podcasts to listen to? Okay. So obviously the lifestyle podcast, um, number one, (laughs) one. (laughs) Um, 
like my favorite people on Instagram. I love, um, there's so many and like so many different accounts, like bringing different things to the table. Like there's some accounts that I love that like, kind of like we talked about earlier, I'm not getting like real life from them. Mm. You know, I'm getting yes. like inspiration from them. Like they show beauty online and I like draw different pieces of that. But then like, I feel like some real life accounts I love to follow. Do you follow um, officially Quigley? Oh my um, goodness, I do. And I love following her. her. Yeah, she's really, really great about balancing like her style. Like she just does whatever she wants and kills it every time. Yes, yes. And then she'll post like, I love in the morning when she's like, just woke up. Um, yes, yes, I love it. Yeah, um, I love Becca Martinez. I don't. She was on The Bachelor. Oh yes, she's got the short yeah. dark hair, super yes, cute. Yeah. Yes, she yes. has two kids, and um, like we share a lot of perspectives on things. We I think we have kind of a similar background. So, but she's great at showing real life. Um, I'm trying to think of others. Um, Elena Ciciotti. I like following her. Okay. She, yeah. Yeah. You follow her? She's. I, I think I've seen her YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. And they have a podcast too, which is great. Okay. Um, I have, I've only listened to like a couple episodes, but um, yeah, she's really great. She does a lot of, I get a lot of inspiration for like Montessori style stuff from her. And um, she does a lot of like affordable style and like house stuff, which I love. Love it. My top three like mom accounts. Um, awesome. I'm like drawing a blank on other ones. I love following Leah Bradley, but she's definitely like, she, I think they live on like the beach and like her kids have like bleach blonde hair. They like just run around oh, the beach and like, precious. yeah, like beautiful scenery all the time. So I, I think that I get a lot of inspiration from her in that way. Oh, I love that. Oh, the beach yeah. life calls, calls to me all the time. <laughs> yeah, I ha- Like I said, I haven't done the beach thing with the kids, but I can't think of anything like that excites me more than thinking about getting beta like in the sand. I think she would lose yeah. her. Oh so- my goodness. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love it. Someday. Someday yes. We'll oh, it's going to happen and it's going to yeah. be beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Um, awesome. Okay. So are you ready for the rapid fire questions? It is so much okay. fun. Um, yes. <laughs> I will start. Don't be nervous. You can do this. I believe in you. Um, I will start the sentence and you finish it. Okay. Okay. All right. The color I wear most often is. White. My favorite book is. I, I don't like to read. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I love it. Um, my favorite breakfast food is. Avocado toast or waffles. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm on the same page. My favorite app on my phone is TikTok. Nice. <laughs> nice. My favorite outfit I've ever worn is. Oh gosh. That's, ooh. that's really hard. Cause my, like I said, my style has changed so much. This is not a rapid fire answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's um, okay. I, love, I did love <laughs> wedding dress. I feel like that's like your, the classic answer, but I really oh, yeah. did love my wedding dress. Um, I love it. So I'll I answer, but I don't have anything from the last like 10 years that I'd be like, that was it. It's a it, tough question. Cause it's like, it do I pick a memory that I have an outfit associated with or, you know, there's a lot of directions. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, there's some from childhood that I would love in an adult size. Ooh, um, yeah. there's a couple that come to mind, like some little two piece sets that I like wore out. So maybe one of those in my wedding dress. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, when I was little, I wanted to be a singer, yes pop star you know of course that's awesome do you sing today 
I mean, lullabies. I do. Like, I used to be more into music. And, like, when I was in high school, I actually put out an EP, which, like, I can't believe I'm even saying that. because I used to be really embarrassed of it. I was 16. I used to be really embarrassed of it. But now now I'm, like, enough time has passed. And I'm like, yeah, that was really cool that I did that in high school. That's way Um, cool. Yeah, it was definitely, like, I really thought that I was going to, like, move to Nashville and do the music thing and you know, just my life changed in different circumstances, but it is definitely always going to be a passion of mine. And now I sing lullabies the most, but I love it. But yeah, oh. It'll be that I love. That's beautiful. Um, my favorite place I've ever been is. Um, we went to Tulum on our honeymoon and it was really great. Oh. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. Probably that, that sounds amazing. Oh my there. I have a lot of places that I want to go. I've actually never been out of the country other than Mexico, which I feel mm. like doesn't really count when you're on your honeymoon. Like, I feel like it doesn't really count. It's like, I mean, traveling. it is totally uh, going out of the country. I mean, we really just stayed at that resort. So it didn't really feel <laughs> I like traveled a lot. Oh so, my goodness. Uh, that is something like once the pandemic is over and we're out of like residency, that is like a big goal of mine is to like really see a lot of the world. Oh yeah. Oh, that's going to be awesome. I know you're going to do it and it's going to be wonderful. (laughs) Um, my, okay. The best piece of advice that I've ever received was. Um, my mom used to always say, uh, you never see a fish on the wall with its mouth closed. And it's basically just saying that, like, if you're talking bad about people, it like is going to bite you in the butt and it reflects more poorly on you than it does on them. Oh my Um, goodness. Yeah. So I always like loved that little nugget of, I would always remember it like when girls would be gossiping and stuff that like, it just, it's just going to look poorly on them. And it's just going to say more about them than it would about the person that they're talking about. But yeah, she would always. So good. Oh my goodness. I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's so true. Uh, My role model is. My mom, for sure. Oh, I feel like yeah. I need to meet your mom after hearing about her today. I, I think that like... everybody needs to meet my mom. Yep. Great. I feel yep. like we could be friends. Actual angel walking the earth. Yep. She's great. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, what are you learning about right now? I'm definitely learning to be more self-disciplined. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, working out more and just like um, stuff like that. I That is not a strength of mine. I'm not naturally a super self-disciplined person. Um, but just learning to see the value in it. And um, I think it comes with age too, you know, just getting a little bit older and um, yeah, that's, that's a big thing in my life right now that I want to look back on in five years and be like, I'm way better at, I'm way more self-disciplined now than I was then. That's what something I would say. I love that you said it comes with age because that's something I've thought about too, is like, I feel like I have to go through times of like not doing it right and feeling the effect of it in order to have the yes. like incentive to then change it. You know what I mean? And I, I think we can yeah. like want to skip that phase, but it is pretty necessary yeah. in order to figure out what works for you. Absolutely. And that is funny about having kids young. Like I feel like I should be a lot of times I get discouraged because I feel like I should have it all together. Like I have two kids, I have a family, like I live a pretty like quote unquote adult life but I'm only 26. Like I just barely 26. Like that's young. Like I so young. And so, um, I just have to give myself grace. Like you do not need to have all this figured out by now. Um, because there's like people that I know that like didn't have kids until they were 28 or 29. 
So they have little kids and they're in their thirties and it feels like they have more figured out than me. Yes. But um, just remembering like, just cause you live this life right now, doesn't mean that like you're supposed to have as much wisdom as someone who's had way more life experience than you. Totally. So, totally. Um, exactly. Yeah. Just remembering like, yeah, like you said, I need to, I'm going to have to like live more life and I'll learn the lessons along the way. And, but yeah, it's hard to remind yourself of that. I know. I know it totally is. It's better to just arrive, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm- mm-hmm. um, okay. That was a total rabbit trail there. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> that was my, that was my thing. Rapid. Okay. It's so rapid. Me so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me too. I don't, maybe we need to change the name and it's just the non-rapid fire round or something. It, it, it definitely like took the pressure off. So yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, my style icon is. Hailey Bieber, hundred percent. I love that she does everything. Like one day she'll be wearing like a dude's suit. And then the next day she's wearing like a prairie dress. Like she literally does everything so flawlessly and seamlessly. And nobody would look at her and be like, that's my style. You're so right. She literally could wear whatever she wants and it would be quote her style. And so that is, yeah, I love that. All my Love Pinterest work, I'll start being like, I'm going to get some inspo. And then I realized I just pinned 18 Hailey Bieber posts. Like that's that hilarious. Every time. And it's like, oh, my word. <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Last one is I love what I do because. I love what I do because I get to. I get to have this time with my kids like while it lasts because they're not going to be in my house forever. And I get to be with them, but I also get to be super available for Tyler because his, um, schedule is, you know, his job right now is extremely intense. And so just being really available and, um, being able to be really present with my family in this season is such a gift. And so I'm soaking it up. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, so how can people connect with you online? I feel like Instagram is probably the best way I am on TikTok, but you know, TikTok is more like for comedic relief. Um, <laughs> definitely just, it's not curated content. Like in any way, I mean, none of my content is that curated, <laughs> but, um, definitely not on there. So if you want to like see the real me, you get on TikTok, but um, <laughs> Instagram and TikTok are probably the best ways. And my usernames on both of those are Lloyd. Love it. Okay. And is there anything else? No, no. Uh, Is there anything else that you would like people to know as they're following along on social media? Mm, Anything else I'd like them to know? I don't. They can always DM me. You can ask me anything. I am an open book and I try to stay on top of my DMs. It gets a little overwhelming, but um, yeah, just like don't ever feel like afraid to reach out because I love chatting and I definitely see anybody that I talk to on Instagram as a friend. Like I, I hate the word like followers. Like when people are like, Oh, your followers. I'm like, I don't like that. Like that feels super disconnected. So I feel connected to um, people that I talk to on Instagram and I see them more. That sounds so cheesy, but I really do see them more as friends. Um, So yeah, just let's talk, reach out. I love it. I love it. Keep doing what you're doing because it's, it's just really, I think it's important and it's, it's just a cool thing to see. So I just have loved getting to connect with you today. So thank you again for making this happen. I just had a blast. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. It was such an honor. And you're so sweet. You're so good at this. Like I'm so good. Thank you. 
I am a very new podcast host, but I'm I'm having so much fun. I can't even I tell you. I would never know. It's so seamless. Yeah, you're doing an amazing job. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're okay, welcome. I will talk to you soon. You too. Have a okay, good week. Bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you did enjoy it, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We are always so thankful for that. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at the Life and Style Podcast. Talk to you soon, friends. This podcast episode was produced by the marketing and media team at Painted Tree Boutiques. Special thanks to Aiden McMillan, Carissa Rodriguez, Becca Melton, and all of the Painted Tree shoppers, staff, and vendors that make this project possible.